welcome back to the No Haters Club podcast. It is your girl, the one and only Claudia Campbell. I am so happy to be here on the No Haters Club podcast. If you are new here, I am so happy for you to join the club. We are people here and we are just, we're committed to living 100% ourselves in the midst of a world full of opinions about us, especially whenever it plays to being a Christian, when it comes to that stuff. So today we are going to talk about a subject that I am so excited about. I think I'm going to title this episode, Your Calling is Just Too Important. But before, I just want to give a little life update because it's been a hot second since your girl has filmed a podcast. And first of all, a lot of you guys have been DMing me, commenting, when's your next podcast going to come out? (sighs) I'm sorry. Okay, listen, sometimes it gets to be a lot. I really needed a podcast break just because of personal stuff going on in my own life. And I think I was like sick a week or two. And there was just like every week I'd be like, okay, I'm going to come back into the studio. I'm going to do, I actually recorded one podcast. So you guys had one in the midst there. Um, But I'm really kind of sorry because I did not mean to ghost you guys even a little bit. Um, I love this podcast and I'm really excited to get back started. I just was kind of dealing, I feel like, with a little bit of burnout, a little bit of stress, figuring out my groove, figuring out how to get into things, and then just some emotional stuff going on on my end, in my personal life, that now I feel much better. But I felt like I kind of needed to just take a minute to rest, rest with God. I was going so fast that it was like I was tripping over myself while I was running. So, anyway, we good now, and I am really ready to talk with you guys, and I'm really excited because, like, I just feel refreshed. I feel like I have a lot of topics that I can talk to you guys about and that would actually benefit you, not just talking about things that I'm not super passionate about. And so I feel like taking some time off, really just pouring into my relationship with the Lord has helped me so much and given me such a new wind and such a refreshing. Um, But y'all, it's fall and I am happy. Like it's October. We're in our October episode. I think I started this podcast in April. Yeah. In April, it's October. Y'all, we made it to October. How crazy is that? Like, the leaves have been falling. I live in Tennessee. And in Nashville, the leaves have been falling. It's been feeling good. Oh, my goodness. You don't understand. Like, I feel like fall just wakes me up. I, mm. In September, it definitely felt like summer here. It was, like, so hot. It was so draining. And now, it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. Like, I feel like I could go on a run. Um, Since my last podcast, though... Your girl has taken a 5K, kind of proud of myself. I signed up for the 5K a day before I was supposed to actually run the 5K. So, yes, I am spontaneous. But I got a new gym membership. So I was at Planet Fitness for the summer because it was free for my age. And now I have a new gym membership, and it's so fun. I get to play pickleball. I get to play racquetball. And I get to box and then do weights, of course. Like, they even, it's so weird. It's It's kind of, like, bougie, but... It was actually, like, one of the best fairly priced gyms where I live. And they have a movie theater in their cardio section, which is kind of crazy. Like, they'll film a movie and you can play. So, that's just some updates going on in my life. I am a senior in high school. So, senior stuff. Kind of trying to figure out where I want to go after this. Um, But, that's just stuff going on in my life. And I'm really happy it's fall. Super excited. So, today I got to see one of my friends. She came in from out of town and we just walked around downtown it was amazing I had my Rory Lorelai Gilmore girl moment like she is the Rory to my Lorelai like I'm definitely more of a Lorelai yeah anyway I've rambled for so long I am talking about a subject today 
that I'm super passionate about. I, oh, you guys, I'm so ready for this, and I'm ready. I think that this episode is about to ignite faith into some of you guys. I think this episode is about to change your perspective on how you used to view things and view your life. I hope, I really hope that some of you guys are listening to this in the morning, like before you go to school or something. I really, really hope, because I think this is just going to start your day off. If you're not, then sorry, but like, if you are, just that, that's just an added bonus, because there are some podcasts that I feel like I listen to in the morning, and then my whole day is, like, way better, because it puts everything in perspective. I feel like that is what's about to happen. This is something God's been teaching me, a lesson he is still teaching me, a lesson and a perspective, almost an attitude on life that he's, like, giving me, but I'm still working on it. So, Sometimes I talk about things, and you guys think I have it all together. I'm the first to tell you I don't have it all together, but I'm learning, and I'm learning with you guys, and I'm sharing what I'm learning. So, what I want to talk to us about today is your calling, your anointing, and just how the devil kind of specifically is going to attack that. He's going to attack it. There's going to be spiritual warfare around your anointing, your calling. Um, I want to talk today about God winks about these little things between you and God, you and the Holy Spirit, and just about your purpose and your calling. I I truly believe that there are people out there who God has given a desire in their heart to do something, and maybe they're in a waiting season and they've begun to doubt, or God is calling them, them to something that they feel unworthy of, or that they doubt that it's even possible. And so today's episode is really for the person who's like, I am moving toward this goal that I feel like God's put in my heart, but I'm having trouble believing it's God because of how much friction is coming, how much resistance, how much pushback I'm getting. And I also want to talk about in this whole thing about your anointing. This is for this episode is specifically for people who are growing in their walk with Christ, people who are Christians, saved. Um, we can kind of talk about salvation. We can talk about that later. But this episode is definitely for the people who are walking with Christ actively. And I wanted us to talk about standing up for yourself and protecting yourself and your heart in spite of your calling. I think that sometimes as Christians, we're so focused on obeying the command of Jesus to love, to love other people, that sometimes we don't protect our heart. Sometimes we put ourselves in dangerous situations or we forget the practical. We forget that sometimes we have to protect the calling God's placed on our life. That it is okay to set boundaries with people. It is okay to look at your life and it is okay to say, okay, I believe God has given me this calling and I'm kind of feeling down and I'm kind of feeling in the dumps. What's wrong here? Okay, so I feel like I've talked a lot about what we're going to talk about, but I just want to go back a little bit and say, um, let's, let's start at the beginning, okay? I believe that there are times when God kind of knows who you are as a person. He crafts you. He creates you. And he knows what he wants you to do eventually. And and I was, uh, today this thing came to me and it was just kind of a one-liner. And it was like, we all have the same de- like destination, but we all have different paths to get there. And so I might look at somebody my age and they might be doing a totally different thing, right? Because God has a different purpose for them. But if they're a growing believer and I'm a growing believer, Our destination is the same. We're trying to go to heaven. We're trying to glorify God. But the way they do that, the way they go about life is going to be different than the way I go about life. And so I think what happens is a lot of times whenever 
I, I spe- especially young people, if you're listening to this, I feel like sometimes we can get antsy, okay? And sometimes it can be really easy to be like, oh, I just want to do something big for God, big for God. Like, I feel like God has called me to do something big. Or I feel like he's called me to do something specific, like not even big, like just specific. I've called, I feel like he's going to call me to do something in this field, but he's not doing anything now. Oh no, what's happening? And so we just kind of try to almost step ahead of God's plan. And we try to either figure it all out ourselves. We try to, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to move forward to this and maybe he can bless this. Or I'm going to ask God for 5 million signs. I'm going to try to speed up his plan for my life. Because it's almost like the culture we live in today. This is, this is how I put it. Um, the culture we live in today, we're used to immediate gratification. We are used to social media. We're used to this overnight fame thing to the point where we almost think that if God's called us to it, it should be easy. We almost think that if, if it's God's will for us, that he should just make it happen with a snap of a finger and there should be no pushback. And what I want to talk to us about today is the fact that if God has called you to it and you're going, okay, I feel like God's called me to this, but I don't feel like it's happening right now. Please don't give up on it yet. Please don't give up on it yet. Your calling is too important. There are people on the other side of what God has called you to do that need you to wait well in this season for him to open that door. There are people on the other side of what you're supposed to do who need you to do that thing. Don't settle for less. There are people who need you to do what God has called you to do and be the person who God has called you to be. So please do not conform to what the world is trying to tell you to do. Please do not conform to the lies that they are telling you. Please do not believe the identity that they are giving you because your calling is too important. Your calling is too important. And because your calling is too important, I believe that God does this thing where he builds our character up to support our calling. He builds up our character to where whenever it is time for us to step into that calling, we will be able to hold it up. And I think about this, I've been going through 1 Samuel. If you're not following me on Instagram, I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. Um, I've been starting this thing where I'm doing this monthly Bible study on the month of October. And we've just been going a chapter a day. And then we'll like do these little takeaways. So this chapter has been 1 Samuel. And what I found is a common theme. We're talking about um, David, him being anointed for king. What I love about all these stories in the Old Testament, they're narrative stories. And what I love about them is that God gives some of these people a dream when they're young. And then he doesn't actually give them that dream. He doesn't exactly open that door, uh, put them in the position to receive that dream until years later. And so let's talk about David for a second, right? David is anointed as king. He is anointed as king. He is told, you're going to be king. But Saul is still king for years until David becomes king. And in the meantime, David gets a position to play the harp. And in the meantime, David defeats Goliath. In the meantime, David marries Saul's daughter. Like in the meantime, all of these things are happening. In the meantime, David is a shepherd. He kills a lion and a bear. And so David's calling on his life, his anointing was to be the king of Israel. But if God had just said, okay, your anointing is to be the king of Israel, and then immediately given David what he needed to do, I, I just, I struggle believing that David would have had the character to hold that up. Because what happened? Saul was an overnight success. 
Saul was this overnight, hey, you weren't a king, now you're a king. So what we see in 1 Samuel is this contrast of, hey, whenever I let you just immediately get it, immediately get this purpose, what happened to Saul? He started to do things on his own because he thought he was it. He thought it was his talent. And God's going, no, I need someone who I know is going to trust me and fear me and be with me when times are tough and when times are good, who's going to wait on me. Here's the crazy thing about Saul. This is, this is like crazy because it's coming to my mind even as I'm speaking this. Where did Saul mess up? He ends up, and basically this is how the story goes, he ends up sacrificing an offering too quick. Samuel tells Saul, Samuel the prophet tells Saul, he says, hey, you're going to do this and then you're going to wait seven days and I'm going to come and I'm going to offer this burnt offering. But what Saul does instead is he gets up those seven days and right before, I'm talking minutes before, hours before, Samuel is about to come and offer this offering, Saul gets a little bit antsy and he jumps ahead and he offers the offering. So he was an overnight success and because he didn't know how to wait, he sacrifices the burnt offering and immediately after he sacrifices it, Samuel walks in the door and goes, what have you done? I just got here. You should have waited. You didn't wait on me. And then there were other things that Saul did that, that totally denied what God had told him to do. There were battles that he fought and instead he followed most of what God wanted him to do, but not all of it. Why? He, he was an overnight success. He was an overnight sensation. He was everything that the people thought that they wanted which was someone immediate, someone who, who had gone from nobody to somebody, but he didn't have the character to lead them. And I think that's what we want, is we're like the people. We want something immediate. We want something that's going to look like everything we want, but we don't want to have to wait for the character to be built. We don't want to wait for it to be time. David, now we see the contrast of David, who's king, who's called the man after God's own heart, and he was imperfect. But he was called the man, after, the man after God's own heart. And what does David do? He has to wait for a long time. But what does God do? And I think it's so cool. He kills Goliath. He's a harp player. So while he's playing the harp, imagine you're learning the ways of the palace. You're hearing the king. He's the harp player for the king. So he's hearing the king talk about business stuff. He's learning the ways of how to rule. And he doesn't even realize it. And so you might be wondering, why in the world am I doing this mundane task? God, I have a purpose. I believe you called me to do this. Why am I over here playing my harp? Why am I over here in school? Why am I over here at this minimum wage job? Why am I doing this? It doesn't seem like it's helping me at all. But you don't know that he is teaching you the traits you need to learn so that when he asks you to step into that calling, you know. You have your resume built. Your calling is too important to just delete this whole character phase. Your calling is too important for you to not go into that character phase. And so, so often we say, God, I want the calling now, but I don't want the character to support it. Give it to me now. Yeah, that's not congruent. That's not going to happen because you can't withhold that. You can't hold that calling without having the character to support it. Because if you get that calling now and you don't have the character that you need to support that, you don't have the character that can withstand that, withstand the pressure, you don't have the lessons you needed to learn to understand how to operate on that task, you're not going to be able to do that long term. And so I just want to encourage you that right now, God is not forgetting to put the, the, the 
things in your life that need to be in your life, the experiences that need to be in your life. God isn't forgetting. God isn't just turn a blind eye and go, uh, well, I know I said that to her like a few months ago, but I've just decided I'm not going to do that anymore. He's not forgetting you. It might feel like he's being silent right now. It might feel like, oh my goodness, I've had some people DM me on TikTok or comment on my TikTok or DM me on Instagram and said, you know, you're talking about waiting season and it's all good and all, but like I'm 30 years old and I still haven't met my husband. But I feel like that's what God has for me. I feel like I'm being called to be a wife. And here's the thing that is beautiful about that is that I think that that waiting phase, if you, uh, for instance, in that thing, they feel God is calling them to be a wife one day. And it might go, why in the world am I waiting 30 years before I'm getting married? Why in the world am I waiting so long? But it's like so long. Like, God, but come on. Like, I understand waiting, but like 10 years, come on. 13 years, come on. I, I, I'm having to wait. Like, are you like, really? And he's going, yes. Yes. Jesus waited 30 years to have a three-year public ministry. Let's just let that settle in for a second. 30 years to have a three-year public ministry. And those 30 years really aren't documented that much. We really don't know what Jesus does in those 30 years, except for one encounter when he was 12 years old in his birth. That should be an example to us. Jesus, who was perfect and could have withstood that public ministry sooner, was waiting for the right time, was waiting for God's time, was waiting for God to promote him, for God to elevate him, for God to say, okay, it's time. And what did Jesus do before? What we know about him as his 12-year-old self is he's spending time with the Father. He knows the Father's voice so well that the, that the people of the time who would be like the best theologians, the best preachers are going, how in the world do you know this? Well, because he knows his Father's voice, because he's spending time. You might call this right now bored. God calls it, no, I've given you time to know my voice so that whenever I'm calling you to speak to these people, you know what I want you to say. You might say, yeah, but this just doesn't make sense. And he's saying, no, but I'm teaching you patience. I'm teaching you grit. I'm teaching you strength. And so your calling is so important. Character development is crucial. You're going, why does it feel like so tough right now? Maybe I, I think too, some of you, and this is a part I want to shift to refinement. I want to speak to spiritual warfare regarding that thing. There are a lot of people who will also come to me and say, I feel like I'm being called to this, but it's just so hard right now. Like pursuing that thing is so hard. I don't have a clear path, and I feel like every time I try to take a step in that direction, I'm like stepping through mud. Like, something is pushing against me. Something is pushing against you. Right. Something will push against you. Something will push against you whenever you're doing the will of the Father. So I just had this kind of revelation the other day as I'm praying to God. And here's the thing about the devil, is the devil doesn't know what room God has for you. The devil can't see your future. Some people will be like, oh, well, the devil knows that I'm going to be doing this. So he just No, I have a theory about the devil or about whatever spiritual warfare is going on. We're told in the Bible we're fighting a spiritual battle, not a physical one. And so we know that we have opposition. And this is my theory about that, is that if you imagine your life, God has something for you in the future. 
but to be able to step into that, you have to walk through this hallway of what like I like to call the character development, the waiting, the getting prepared, the getting the ready. You have to walk through that. And, and the devil would love nothing more than to meet you with so much opposition that you're so insecure, that you're so anxious, that you convince yourself not to step foot into the room God has for you because the hallway is more comfortable. Because if you stay in the hallway, you're not, have, you're not gonna have to go through the resistance of what they're trying, you're not gonna have to go through resistance. If you stay in the hallway, it's easy, it's comfortable. But if I go in the room, I'm gonna have to deal with, with all of this. It's gonna be hard, it's gonna be painful. And, and this, is, this is the thing that I find so cool about, about scripture is that God doesn't say, if you follow me, it's going to be an easy life. He actually says, if you follow me, it's going to be a hard life, but that he's going to be with you. And so I've been, I've been kind of, there's also another quote I heard on the radio that I found really cool. And it was, the devil isn't trying to stop present you. It's trying to prevent future you. When the devil has opposition in your life right now, maybe it's for that thing that you feel called to. I believe it's because he's going, okay, yeah, but if I can just stop them now, if I can just stop them now before they get any traction, before they get any feet on the ground, if I can just make them insecure, if I can make them anxious, if I can make them doubt God, then whatever God could use them for in the future, I just block it. Boom. And so I think some sometimes there are people who will tell me different problems they have, but I'm doing God's calling, but people are talking bad about me. You should expect that. Yeah, but I'm doing what God's calling me to do, but like, it's hard. It costs money. I don't know how God's going to come through. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but, but it's strengthening your spiritual muscle right now. And so whenever you find opposition, whenever you're doing, and I find so many people who say like, Claudia, please talk about what it's like being a high school student who's a Christian, who's living on fire for God. Please talk about it. Please talk about how we handle what other people have to say about us in being a Christian. I get it. It's not easy. Because whenever you're living a light for Jesus, what you're doing is you're someone who can ignite change. The, the devil doesn't like that. The devil doesn't want you to ignite change. The devil does not want you to show Jesus to anyone because if you show Jesus to them, then they might change too. The devil doesn't want you to be nice to your enemies. The, it, the devil wants you, even if you're a growing Christian, to hate your enemies. Because if you hate your enemies, then you can't see that, oh, maybe they need a savior too. If you hate your enemies, then yeah, you're still an on-fire Christian, but you're not showing them the love that Jesus would show them. You're making them turn away from the name of Christ. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is whenever there's spiritual pushback, I think there's a time when you should, you should look and you should say, okay, this is obviously not God. Like there are situations I've been in and I wanna talk to how do you discern is this situation from God or not? There have been situations I've been in and I'm like, okay, God isn't really wanting me to do this because like I'm having to do this all on my own. Then there have been other situations when I can tell, no, God is working through me in this and there's pushback. God is working through me in this and it's hard and it's painful and it's abnormally hard. And that's kind of when I know it's spiritual warfare. When it's God, he kind of gives you these little nuggets that like, you know, like almost these God winks that you know, like, okay, God, you're with me. You got me through this. I know it's you. When it's God, what I like to think of, he kind of clears everything up. He gives you a path. I like to think of a hiking trail. Like when it's God, he just gives you a clear up path, no trees, no rocks, like, hey, just take the next step. 
but sometimes I think as humans, we try to find paths for ourselves and say it's God. And we just are like, oh my goodness, here's a forest. I could figure out a path through this. But then we're having to chop down trees to try to figure out the destination. Like, that's not God. Like, that's just you trying to figure out a path for yourself. And so, yes, I, I would say that whenever you're calling, like, and that's the other thing is people, like, use this word calling. And a lot of people don't even understand it. Calling, anybody can have a calling on their life. And I believe everybody who is a believer has a calling on their life. And that is to do the will of the Father. And within that, I believe that there are specific callings. I believe that God has specific spiritual gifts that each of us have. And I think that he wants us to work in that. Now, it can differ from person to person. He might be so stinking specific to you. He might say, hey, I want you to be an elementary school teacher. That is my calling on your life. Or he might say, I just want you to do something in this industry you can choose. The scariest thing sometimes is whenever God allows us to choose and he doesn't just like make the choice for us and it can be the hardest thing. But whenever he does that, make the choice and just remember like, okay, if he is allowing me to have the choice, he's not giving me clear direction of this or this, but I feel like he's in support of both, then take the next step and what you want to do, choose and ask him to bless it. And ask him to show you if that's not what he wants you to do, you know? God is going to have a specific calling on some people's lives. And that word calling is really just about, are you doing the will of the Father? And I believe you can't really get it wrong. You can't really get it wrong when you're following Jesus. When you're just choosing to wake up every day and say, okay, God, how can I follow you? How can I follow the commandments? I'm going to live life your way. I'm going to choose to continue to take this next step. I'm going to choose to die to myself and live for you. Do what your word says. And I believe he's going to show you. He's going to open doors for you. He's going to show you the path that you need to be. But I really, like, I really want to stress this. I know I've said this so many times, but your calling is too important. Don't stop now. I know it gets tough. I know it gets hard. I know it gets hard to believe. God, are you really going to show up this time? God, are you really going to do it? And it can seem like it's impossible, but don't believe that. I ask you to pray. Get on your knees and pray and ask God for the faith to continue to go, to continue to witness, to continue to do what he's put in your heart to do. Because sometimes he just wants to see that you're being faithful to do it whenever there's no recognition, whenever it doesn't seem like doing it is doing anything. Maybe you're like, okay, I want to be a speaker. I really want to do this thing. But instead of having a big stage to preach to, you just start a little Bible study. Sometimes God just wants to see, okay, are you faithful to follow me whenever you're not getting recognition, when it's not popular? Are you okay to follow me with that grit? There's this other concept that I really want to talk to, to Christians out there who just feel like low self-esteem and low worth. And... I want to talk to this, I want to speak to this for a moment, because I think that, like I I was talking about, we're so sometimes bent towards, okay, I want to love, I want to love, I want to love, I want to love. We don't put the boundaries in our life, and we allow toxic people in our life, and that can harm our calling. So I really want, I want to shift to, as well, and just talk real quick about, what do you do? You have a calling for your life. You have an anointing on your life. God is going to use you. Now, how do you protect that? I think there are a few ways. I think first you need to protect your reputation. I think that 
you need to follow Christ and protect your reputation in that if you're saying, okay, God has a calling for my life, but I'm just going to, like, drink and smoke and party and do awful things, like, on the weekends publicly, and everybody can see that I'm living this, like, double life, but then I'm going to put Jesus in my bio. Okay, you can choose to do that, but if you choose to do that, then when people look at you, they're not going to see an authentic Christ follower. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, okay, but are they really committed to Christ or are they just kind of half in and half out? Are they calling me to live higher, but they're not okay to live higher themselves? And then are they even enjoying the full experience of Christ? Are they really even enjoying this full aspect of joy in Christ? Because they're living this double life. So I'd say protect your reputation. Continue asking yourself, put yourself into this accountability of, okay, I want to protect my calling. So I want to be someone who is known for loving Jesus so I can love other people well, so I can be a light. I don't want to be found to be guilty of being a hypocrite, of being an awful like person whenever I'm, I'm trying to live for Christ, right? So I think, I think it's important to protect your reputation. I think it's also really important, this is the major one, is I think people, and sometimes there are some Christians that I've known who are really bad about putting boundaries in place because they don't want to be mean. They're really bad about being toxic. I mean, not toxic. Why did I say that? They're, re- they're really bad about just saying, hey, I love you. Like having the hard conversations with people who were hurting them. And here's the thing. So I had this conversation with one of my friends. And they were kind of talking about this person who was really annoying them. And they were talking to me about how like, oh, my life is just so bad. And I'm just so angry at them. And the last like five conversations we'd had were them venting about this person, and I would just continually was saying, okay, like, it is okay to vent, but I finally told them, I said, it is okay to vent, but you're dwelling on this situation, you're dwelling on this person, when was the last time you really spent time with God, and they were like, oh, man, I don't know, like, since the situation, I've just been thinking about how, how mad I am at this person, how, how toxic this is becoming, and I guess I just haven't really been spending time with God, because it's been filling my mind, and they were just talking about, like, oh, man, I just, I just hate myself. I just feel worthless. I just feel awful. My life is terrible. I hate my life. All of this stuff. And I just simply was kind of posing this question to that person of, okay, but here's my question is, who is at the top of your life right now? Like, whose opinion are you caring about the most? Are you caring about Christ's opinion the most? Or are you caring about that other person's opinion the most because that other person had hurt them and so they were constantly thinking about what this other person had done to hurt them and they'd started to believe the lies that that person was kind of like saying like like um and and sometimes it's not outright I think sometimes people can just treat you in in a not great way and you can just kind of like in relationships this happens all the time in like love lives when people just kind of reject you in a mean way and they just treat you with rudeness, like not kindness. They just like break up. And I know there are a lot of people who I know who've gotten broken up with and they just kind of feel like less than. They feel like like their worth is so low because instead of that person saying, hey, I want to break up, clean break, and like I still value and respect you as a person, they just spent the entire relationship like breaking that person down and making them feel like they were always the problem and they were the issue and never really owning up to what they were doing wrong and just like gaslighting them. And so I think that I've seen a lot of people 
who have been in those situations. And what's happened is, is that they've learned to listen to the voice of the person who is saying bad things about them. And they want to love them and they want to help them. And so instead of putting the boundaries up and saying, wait, this person really is speaking down to me and making me believe lies about myself, they choose to believe them. I was in a position this summer and I found myself around this person and I couldn't quite put a finger on it. But every time I was around this person, I just kind of felt like, like bad. Like, you know, that feeling where you just kind of feel bad. And I was thinking about this person a lot um and I just found myself like every time I would kind of measure myself up and I would just feel unworthy I would just feel unworthy and whenever I would think about like God's calling on my life I would just think like oh God's never gonna do it and the reason why is because I was spending so much time around this person that continually let me know not trying to not consciously if I brought this person up today and I and I asked them were you trying to do that? Like, they didn't even know. They had no clue that, like, this is how th- their actions were making me feel inwardly, right? But whenever they were just making offhanded comments, this and that, I kind of felt worth, worse than my c- calling. Whenever it was always, like, this negativity pushing down and this, this spirit not really of faith, then I continued to feel, like, less than. And I feel like a lot of people have that happen where they're around somebody who is basically telling them of their worth, whether that person is jealous of you and they don't really ever want you to have a win because they're jealous of you or because they just don't believe that God's going to move in your life. Like, I think that there are times when you really need to ask yourself whenever you're feeling low self-esteem and the times in my life that I felt low self-esteem, it's typically because I've been surrounding myself with people and I've been listening to the opinions of people who are not treating me like a daughter of the king. They're not treating me with the value and the worth as a daughter of the king. They've been treating me like just some strung along person that they're going to be with when they're bored. I want you guys to hear me, especially the women of God out there. If you are dating a man who does not treat you with the worth that God has given you by sending his son to die on the cross, then you don't need to be close with him. If you are flirting and, like, in this relationship, like, like this person, like, being with them, like, obsessed with them, and they are stringing you along and they're not being intentional with you, like, y'all are talking, but, like, now it's been a situationship for 10 months and we've never had the talk of what are we and you're really emotionally involved, but they don't even care about you enough to make a move on you or to define the relationship. They just want to string you along and flirt with you when they want to. That's not okay because what that communicates to you, and I'm just speaking this out, what that communicates to you is that you're not worth enough. You're not worth enough to really be cared about. You're not worth enough to truly be communicated to. And I'm telling you right now, you are worth it. And there is someone out there who will pursue you, who who would want to pursue you if God has that for you. But don't stop putting yourself in these situations where you're allowing yourself to be strung along. You're allowing yourself to kind of be used in a, and even in a friend way. Like you're allowing yourself to be used, but you're not being respected and valued and celebrated and encouraged. I think it's good to have relationships that champion each other, who you celebrate their wins, they celebrate your wins. And I think it's really dangerous because I find a lot of mature Christians who I'm friends with, and what'll happen is like, either they'll be in a relationship with a guy or a girl, or 
there'll be in a friendship even where they're constantly trying to be kind and loving and Christ-like to someone but what they happen to happen is they get used like they're listening because they're trying to be nice but then they get used because the other person isn't doing the same for them and it's one-sided they're just kind of using them as a friend they're just using them as like an unpaid therapist or they're in some ways like they're they're just like they're they're again they're using them they're not treating them like a son or a daughter of the king they're treating them like oh yeah like you're gonna be nice to me you're gonna compliment me when I need it you're gonna pick me up and so that's why I'm saying like especially in romantic relationships it's very important to be equally yoked with people because if you're not equally yoked right and you're trying to treat them with the love of Christ you're trying to give them the love of Christ and they don't even know how to give the love of Christ back to you, then that's going to kind of be a one-sided relationship where you feel like that you're putting in a lot of effort and they're not really putting in a lot of effort to you. Your calling is too important to have toxic people in your life that continue to try to bring you down. That is what I'm trying to say. Put up boundaries. Distance yourself from the people who are speaking lies over you. I'm not saying you can't be loving to those people. Please be loving to them. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Be loving to those people. Love them. But whenever you have somebody, and I just, I've started to do this thing where I've started to look at myself from a different lens. Not as, oh, well, this is just Claudia, but that's a daughter of the Christ. That's a daughter of the king. That's a daughter of God. And, And that girl over there, she's a daughter of God. And that girl over there, she's a daughter of God. So, I should not be speaking down to one of my friends. She's a daughter of God. She's saved. She's been redeemed by the blood. I should be championing her. I should be, I should be for her. But at the same time, if someone is treating me like less than a daughter of the king, if someone is pushing me down and saying, yeah, you don't have any potential, you're worthless, you're dumb, you're stupid, so many girls I know of will be like, yeah, there's this girl, she's my friend, and she's, like, so disgustingly rude to me and bullies me. And I'll be like, then she's not your friend. And they'll be like, well, we are. No, she's not. Y'all, if you're a daughter of the king, you respect, you you deserve to be treated like a daughter of the king. And people are going to have imperfections. So I'm not saying the second that someone is, like, has a bad day, cut them off. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that if it's a continual pattern of someone speaking down to you and you just feel like, huh, Like, I'm in a season of life where I just don't feel capable of doing what God's called me to do. Check your friends, look around, and be like, wait, am I being surrounded by the right people? Or am I being surrounded by people who are super negative or super fearful or aren't having faith with me right now? Check your surroundings. Check the people around you because those are the people that you're going to be happening to listen to. And like I said, if you notice that someone is being a toxic person in your life, it is okay to remove them. It's okay to um, not be super close with them. It is okay to put up boundaries and say, you can't talk to me like that. Please don't talk to me like that. Hey, that's not very kind. There's a whole, like, read Matthew 18 if you're dealing with stuff like that. Please, first. But you can be kind and loving to somebody and still have space with them. You can love somebody the way Christ loves them but still not allow them into like the innermost parts of you. I'm not saying don't be friendly. I'm not saying don't be loving. Man, you can you can still be so kind to somebody and so nice, 
but that doesn't mean that you're going to tell them about all the plans that you, all, all the revelations God's given you, all of the dreams you feel like he's given you. That doesn't mean you're going to let them in on what everything that's going on in your life. Why? Because it's dangerous. It's dangerous to your calling. It's dangerous to have somebody so close to you speak lies to you. It was dangerous in Esther for Haman to be one of the top advisors. Why? Because whenever a good, whenever a God thing is presented, Haman's going to shut it down and go, no, let's kill all the Jews. And the crazy thing is that the king listened to him because he trusted him. Because he was so twisted in his mind to thinking that Haman was for him and Haman was a good guy for the people, that when he said, kill all the Jews, he was just about to kill all the Jews. That's awful. That's terrible. And I think some of you guys have people who are in, and, and I really, I really truly beg you and challenge you. Look at the three people that you're closest to who I would say is on your like advisory council. Like you have a big decision you have to make. Who are you telling? Who are you talking to about it? Are those people who are encouraging you to walk towards Christ? Or are those people who are trying to sabotage you and are leading you to self-sabotage yourself? That's a, that's a legit thing. Ask yourself those questions. Ask yourself the hard questions. Your calling is too important. So just to kind of recap, your calling is too important to not go through the character development stage. Your calling is too important to not be tested, to not um, be pushed back against. In fact, when you're doing the right thing, oftentimes there's going to come spiritual warfare with that. And finally, your calling is too important to have bad people in your life try to separate you from that. Because sometimes I think that, um, that people can be used in the wrong way. People can be used as a tool of the devil in our lives. Obviously not all of them. Some people, they're just, they're just messed up. They have to heal on their own. But your calling is too important. Because at the end of the day, you, have, you, you are supposed to be judged by how you responded to the word of God. How you glorified God. And at the end of the day, our ultimate calling is to love God first and then to love people. And sometimes loving people is telling them the hard truth. Sometimes loving people is putting a boundary there. And sometimes being an ambassador for Christ is suffering well. Sometimes being an ambassador for Christ is going through that spiritual warfare and going, you know what, God, I'm going to continue to lean on you. But that character development, and it gives me so much hope, but that character development, it's so crucial and so important. Um, I'm just going to wrap up there. I really enjoyed this episode. I hope it encouraged you guys. Um, follow me on YouTube if you haven't. I have video episodes up on YouTube. I would love for you to watch on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, comment what your favorite part of this episode was. And if you're listening on Spotify, I love the fact that you get to hear me, hear my voice. Follow me on Instagram at Claudia Campbell with five L's. That's not actually how you spell my name, but the Claudia Campbell was already taken. And TikTok at the Claudia Campbell. Cannot wait to see you next week, hopefully. And we're out. Bye, guys. So catch me if I fall.